Welcome to the Azure Podcast, a series of short discussions on various topics related to the Microsoft Cloud Platform. Your hosts, Kale Tita, Evan Basilic, and Sajit Mello, discuss a specific topic on each show to give you a high-level overview of that topic and resources to get more information should you wish to dig further. For more information on our show, please see our website at azpodcast.com. Welcome to the Azure Podcast. This is episode number 15, and it's a special episode. Uh, I'll explain why in a minute. Uh, but as always, my name is Sajit Malo. I'm a consultant with Microsoft, focused on the app dev space. Normally, I live in New Jersey, but uh, today, uh, me and my colleagues, uh, Kale and Evan, are here in Seattle. And the reason we're here is uh, Microsoft uh, has uh, a twice-yearly conference, uh, it's like an internal training conference, uh, sort of like Build and Tech Head, I guess, but especially for internal uh, folks only. And when this is where we come in and we meet with the product teams and uh, get all the latest and greatest information. I'm very happy to tell you that uh, there's a lot of good stuff uh, that's coming down the pike uh, for uh, Windows Azure. Uh, unfortunately, we can't tell you what it is just yet, but as soon as uh, it is available, we will let you know. Uh, but uh, for today, we're going to talk about an interesting topic uh, on auto-scaling. But uh, Kale and Evan, why don't you guys uh, introduce yourselves? Hi, this is Kale Teeter. I'm an MCS consultant in the New York, New Jersey region, similar to uh, Sajit. Um, I'm a .NET developer who uh, also does a lot of work with Azure. And uh, my name is Evan Bastik, and I'm a um, support escalation engineer in the Windows group out of Charlotte, and I am very upset that I am missing snow at home today. <laughs> That's right, yes. <laughs> we could, the office was closed, and here I am at the conference. But luckily we have all this you know, cool stuff we hear about, so maybe it's worth it. This is true, yes. Uh, well, uh, so getting right to the topic of the day, auto-scaling. Uh, so, Kale, uh, you know, I, I understand this is an area that you have a lot of expertise in. So, you know, why, what exactly is auto-scaling? So thanks, Sajid. It's a uh, it's an interesting topic. So auto scaling, uh, when we're talking to our customers about it, is the ability for us to automate the provisioning and deprovisioning of instances of our application when we're running it in Windows Azure. So it makes for a uh, nice uh, a set of benefits that come along with it, and um, you know we've progressed through the years over these kind of things uh, to the point that we now have this feature where we can automate this. So, but so. So why I mean, why do I care though, right? I mean, what is auto scaling? I mean, so I can go up and down. What is that? Why is that? Why is that important? I mean, what? Sure. I mean, the main benefit is, uh, you know, for us, we're all engineers, and and we like to uh, understand how this automation works, and it's kind of a geeky thing to to see this actually work. But if you take a step back and think about the businesses that are running uh, their applications up here on Azure, um, the most important thing for them is not the technical bits; it's the cost. You know, the uh, the bottom line. So can I um, save money by doing this? Um, and, and particularly what happens is, uh, historically, when we uh, had these kind of things, before we had auto-scaling, when we were going to fire up an application uh, for a particular line of business, uh, we had to do a bunch of research. We would figure out, like, what, uh, what what's our market? How many potential users do we have here? And then we'd make an estimate. And uh, we would go purchase infrastructure, set it up. You know, meanwhile, two months has gone by. Um, and we've set this stuff up now, and if it's successful, like if the application is successful in the real world, 
we might have failed because we ran out of capacity. Um, so if this thing, whatever we were selling, runs like hotcakes, and uh, all of a sudden we don't have the scale to do it, now we're scrambling to put more infrastructure in place. So it's the, so basically so it's the you know it's the problem that like um, SimCity had when they launched online not too long ago. They were too successful. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Um, and this was a problem that I'm sure everybody's experienced. The bad thing was, you know, if you went the other way to the extreme and said, I'm just going to fire up all this infrastructure to handle it, you know, you're wasting yeah. a lot of money, potentially, and the, and the sea levels are going to have their heads on the chopping block for that. <laughs> now, uh, I remember, you know, way back in the early days of uh, Azure, when I spun up my first few PaaS instances, you know, there'd be, there'd be something in the service config file that, which would say the number of instances and you would make it three, four, and you know it was great to have it watch up, you know, watch them spin up so many instances. You just had that scalability for you. I mean, is that are those the early days of auto scaling? Was that how things were done originally? Yeah. What's interesting is, um, you know, when we first started with Windows Azure, we had the ability to change our instances. Um, like you said, to G, we could crank the count to whatever we wanted. And it wasn't locked in stone. If we wanted to come back and modify it later to make it go up or down, great. We could do that. We could redeploy, uh, do an update to our, our PaaS instance, and uh, and it would scale. And that was great, you know. But it involved some human interaction. There wasn't a whole lot of automation involved mm -hmm. there. Um, so through the years, um, you know, that we've been doing this now, and it literally been years, um, we had a bunch of different techniques that we tried out here. Um, one of the techniques that uh, kind of surfaced was from our patterns and practices team. Um, so that's an internal group at Microsoft who uh, works a lot like understanding what customer pain points are and trying to find these hotspots where a lot of customers are experiencing the same problem. And one of the things they identified was autoscaling. was great, now we got this, this platform where we can scale to infinity, mm -hmm. but how do we do it uh, automated? Like We don't want to have users coming in there modifying XML files and re-uploading them. Okay. And, yeah. So, so, so uh, how did things progress from there, from those early days? Sure. So what happened was a project spawned outside in the uh, Patterns and Practices called Wasabi, which stood for uh, Windows Azure Auto Scaling Application Block. And really what that was was trying to wrap an SDK or a library, if you will, around a... Uh, to describe it very basically, it's a, kind of like a rules engine, um, and what that would do would control um, your instance counts and things up there, your applications that are running in Windows Azure. So, so you know, so great. So I have these, you know, I have this rules. I've, I've worked with rule engines in the past, and you know, they they can be really a nightmare to manage, and you got to be, you know, you got to be super complicated. You got to really dig into it. I mean, how? Did, what kind of rules were we able to do, and and or are are we able to do, and what kind of things can we? you know, kind of trigger off of? Yeah, so uh, good question. I mean, from the high level, uh, basically there's two different types of rules that this thing would process, um, constraint and reactive. So constraint is really, when you think about it, it's literally what's in the name constraint. So we're saying, um, don't let me go below this instance count. Don't let me go above this instance count. Um, customers, especially when they're going to the cloud, um, have a little bit of a scared feeling there because if they put something in place and it starts spinning up instances, they're paying for those. That's, re that's real money at that yeah. point, right? Yeah. So when they had their infrastructure on-premise, on-premises... Yeah, yeah. I talked about that in my talk today. It's on premises. Um, they were, they were able to you know hug their servers and they knew how many they had. Yeah. But when you're in uh, something that can scale to literally infinity, um, you need to uh, have a have a tight control over that. 
So that's where the constraint rules were. The reactive rules was the first time we were able to actually use runtime data, so like real-time data from the servers, um, to drive you know the scaling operations up and down. And is is that all triggered off of um, the um, uh, the Windows Azure Diagnostics, or like how does how does that how do we get that information? Both counters and how what does it read for that kind of stuff? Yeah, good question. So the reactive rules were built in such a way that they were uh, very open. Um, by default, uh, what was packaged in there, we could do things like performance counters, so okay. things that you're into, you know, that you've seen in Perfmon for years, like mm -hmm. CPU and things of that nature. That's so the class, basically those. the classic things that we would typically look at. Sure. Okay. Um, one of the other features they brought along though was uh, using something like Azure queues. Um, so we could just spin up a Azure storage queue, and then we could monitor the count of how many messages were in that mm -hmm. queue and use that to drive it as well. So if you, so if you have a lot of messages in your queue, you spin up instances. If you don't have any, then, then spin it down. Sure, and that, that's a great point, Evan. Um, so we talked about the cost thing, and it, it wasn't just about being able to scale up. We talked about that a lot, like, yeah, now our application's successful. we got a lot of users. Spin these instances up because we're making money. But you got to think about the other side, too. When those people go away or they quit using the system, let's go ahead and spin them down so we're not wasting money at midnight when nobody's using the system. Yeah, it's the, we used to have some, you know, I used to do SQL Server before I did Azure, and, you know, there's a, you know, this time of year, there's a, a tax company that we all work with that has this massive number of SQL databases and web, you know, web, web servers for endpoints, and they get used for four months a year. Right? But they have to bear that cost of infrastructure. Now, in today's world, they're, I'm sure they're looking at you know auto-scaling and those kind of things, right. but that was always a huge cost that they would have to carry through the year. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, so you talked about uh, using the Wasabi tool, uh, tool, toolkit to do this. Now, uh, does the app have to do any changes? Like if, you, if I have an app that's currently maybe a website or, or, or an app, a PaaS instance, any app changes required to make this work? So that's an interesting thing. Um, so when we're using Wasabi, you mentioned, that, that was when we first started uh, working on that. Um, we have this thing called the Enterprise Library, which is uh, what these things eventually end up in and which is what customers typically deploy. So uh, that's where Wasabi ended up uh, in, in that platform. And once it got to that point, the thing you got to keep in mind to even run that, you had to run an instance by yourself to actually run the scaler. So there's code running there, right, to watch these perfmon counters, mm -hmm. to do these constraint rules, all the rules processing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Something has to process that. So typically, there, there, well, there's three different ways you could deploy that, right? So if you have, um, and let's take, for instance, it's a worker role that uh, does some business processing for you. You could run the scaler worker role also inside of that same instance, so you didn't incur any additional cost of running a special worker role. Uh, the other option, which most people take, is to have a dedicated worker role instance that just runs the scaler. Um, and then you could also run it on-premise. And typically, we... We saw people using the on-premise, uh, you know, for debugging when you're first getting your feet wet with this to figure out how it works, because um, it doesn't make much sense to have this thing that's going to be pinging um, a lot back and forth to Azure. Yeah. Awesome. Now, uh, now, what's up? That sounds like a bit of work, though, right? Still for the apps to have to rebuild with the enterprise Just a toolkit. Little, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sounds I mean, like that movie quote. That sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. I don't know. And like, you know, as a developer, I can tell you, I. I don't like to do a lot of work. So, so, wait, so are you saying you're a lazy developer? That's right. I am a lazy developer. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, 
I heard my, you know, we've, we've made some strides in that and try to make it easier now for, for auto scaling. What's, what's up? What's new there? Yeah. So a couple things, um, kind of grew out of this, right? So we, we did this for a little while and it, we had some success with it. Uh, meanwhile, Azure growing like the weed it is, I mean, there's so many things that are being poured into Azure now, new features, it seems like every day. And one of the things um, that kind of grew out of that was this auto scaling. How can we make this easier? How can we lower that bar um, for our customers so they don't have to write a bunch of code or deploy something special to do this? So um, the other thing to think about it, while this was going on in parallel, we had third parties who were coming in who were interested in participating in this. Uh, Azure Watch, Metrics Hub, there was a bunch of third parties come in and said, hey, we, we could do that too. We could build a business off of that of monitoring instances for people and automating this provisioning. And uh, so we had the Azure Marketplace and you could subscribe to those types of things yeah. uh, in the past. Yeah. Now, and we, and we um, bought um, Metrics Hub sometime last year, right? Now we're starting to see that stuff show up in the portal, right? Yeah, so that's that's where this kind of ended up, right? So we made this acquisition of Metrics Hub, who had a really, really nice uh, platform there for doing this. And we took that and kind of integrated it into our portal. And it's in preview form right now. Um, but what you'll see up there now is um, when you go under certain um, types of applications, it's important to point out um, when we were dealing with the enterprise library previously, we could do stuff that was cloud services, so the worker rules, web rules, those things. Um, we couldn't do VMs, and we couldn't do, like, the new stuff that actually came along in between when this was going on, like websites yeah. and mobile mm -hmm. services. Mm -hmm. And uh, so if you go up and look at the uh, management portal now, if you log into your management portal, uh, under preview, if you subscribe to it, we actually have um, some of the auto-scaling features there now. And when you go into either a mobile service or a website or, or cloud service, um, up has, you know, worker role particularly, um, you see these features in there under uh, scale. So there's a menu option for scale. You can go in and you can do some of these same features I'm talking about. Um, so you can base it on CPU load. You can base it on Azure queues. You can base it on API calls to a mobile service. So it's really nice because the bar is super low now. Um, you don't have to be a developer to come in and use this. You could come up there as, as an IT pro or even just a business user. Yeah. Very yeah. nice. So, yeah, um, you know, if you think about it, too, you know, we don't have this capability for IaaS VMs yet, but you could almost see a scenario where that takes place as well because if you think about it right, and I talk to customers about this sometimes, you know, they'll throw a VM out in Azure and they do, you know, eight cores or whatever. And then they look at it later and go, well, wait a minute, I'm, I'm memory bound, but not CPU bound. So, you know, reduce your CPUs and increase your memory and change your cost. All those, uh, you can use PowerShell, you can use REST APIs to resize your ISVMs. You could certainly, if you kind of look down the path, it wouldn't surprise me to see us, you know, at some point, figure out some way to integrate these so that you don't have to do that yourself. Because it's going to say, you know, again, it's going to, it's, it's, like you were saying, it's not just about saving you money. Because only it's going to cost you more, but that's if the business is growing, then pay more money. That's okay. It's about optimizing what you spend to go in line with your business. Yep, makes but, a lot of sense. Yeah, but for now we're we're we're, this, we're not supporting IS. Correct. We're, right, we're yeah. only supporting. Uh, now, uh, Evan, uh, I learned something today. Maybe you can explain to our listeners what does it mean when something is listed as preview <laughs> uh, in, in the portal. Yes. Um, so so preview means that it, it's, it's something we're working on. Um, we haven't figured out yet, uh, we haven't baked it completely to the point where we're comfortable you know, telling you to run production workloads on it. We definitely want you as customers to try it and play with it, um, but 
we don't offer direct support for it today. Mm -hmm. um, if you're using preview features and you have problems, I mean, by all means, contact us. But the the uh, approach for that is to go to the Azure forums, okay. right? If you try and call us in support, you know, we will talk to you nicely, but mostly it's going to be. I'm very sorry that I, I can't I right. can't help you. We'll make a quick best effort and yeah. then otherwise. Uh, yeah, and, and you know again there's super cool features, so I get it. I, right. I completely see people want to use it, but yeah, be be conscious of when you use features because you don't. I wouldn't want to be the one that explains to my boss that hey I, I used this cool preview feature, did this cool thing, and then it broke, and I can't get help now. So. <laughs> Just right. So, 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 so that's a good good thing to point out because if uh, folks are looking for an immediate uh, auto scaling solution, they're I think they're going to have to use something like the Wasabi solution for now, right? Yeah. Is do you know Kale is? So we we acquired Metrics Hub. Do I mean Azure Watch is still out there, so they could probably go into the marketplace and subscribe to those if they didn't. You know, if they wanted something that's kind of production ready, mm -hmm. and they would go to them for support, not us, if something didn't work. But those options are still there, I think, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, and there's still players in that space, and uh, so they can go sign up for those services. So these are third-party vendors that you can yeah. sign up for, and they'll ping your service from outside and yeah. and check to see the, if it's available, or if, if the response time drops between a, below a certain yeah. level, they'll they'll remotely use PowerShell to fire up additional instances. Is that how it works? Sure. Yeah, you can use PowerShell, Service Management API. There's a variety of techniques they can use to do that kind of stuff. Great. Okay. Excellent. Well, uh, I think uh, that was uh, a good uh, intro. So, so folks, take a look at the portal, and you'll see the uh, the uh, the auto scale option available as preview right now. And under that, there are some settings, uh, as uh, Cal mentioned. You could use it right now. Uh, you can set set an upper bound, a lower bound for the number of instances that you want to have. I believe this is available for websites and for PaaS instances and for the mobile services as well. Correct. Um, so play around with that, and uh, hopefully, you know, you guys find some benefit. Uh, I believe. Do we have a, a published timeline on when this is going to be GA? I, not that I've seen or heard, um, but you know, again, it it, it should be soon. Be, it's it's got to be, be in soon. the next few months. Yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, it was pretty baked when we brought it in, so yeah. we clearly want to polish it. But and, yes. Okay. Yeah. Great. Well, Gail and Evan, thanks uh, a lot for your Last insights. Uh, it's great to do it in person. I know. Right? It's, <laughs> it's first a, time. Yeah. Put a face uh, behind all the voices there for a change. Uh, great to, to have you guys here. And uh, we look forward to the next podcast coming up soon. See you, thanks, folks. Guys. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thank you for listening to the show. If you have any comments or questions, please use our Twitter handle at Azure Podcasts. Background music has been taken from ccmixer.org under the Creative Commons license. Thank you, and see you next time.